Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonsense and Noise. It is your host, Nathan Cotto. Um, this is a show about the queer person of color pop culture media experience. Um, you would think that I would continue to learn my lesson, um, but I don't. Today is August 23rd. It is now going to be a marathon to get this episode out before the end of the month. So, you know what? This is really more for me, not anybody else <laughs> at this point. Um, buckle up, fasten your seatbelts. Um, we're going at light speed, I guess, maybe. Um, no, I uh, I do have content for this month. Um, it was more just sort of, sort of like backup content. Um, a friend and I, so my friend and I who... Um, we saw pretty much all of the same movies over the summer. So we saw Past Lives together. We saw the um, we saw Joyride together, um, and then we each saw Barbie on our own. Um, we're going to do a movie roundup episode, um, and I know her work, i.e., where I used to work, actually, um, kind of exploded on her, and so she was like, "I can't actually record when we're going to." I'm so sorry, we'll call it, like, we'll do it another time. So, um, we'll probably get her next month, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we'll see. So, it's just me again, um, if you have not gotten bored yet. Um, uh, but yeah, I, um, just trying to think about, like, what's been up with me. I've been busy at work. Um, I've got this project that is, like, swiftly coming to an end. Um, like, all the stuff that I need to do ends on September 11th. Um, so it seems, like, far away, but, like, that's really not actually that far away i think it's like maybe 15 or 14 business days um because labor day is in the middle of all of this oh my god it's going to be the end of the summer um that's crazy uh that's wild um so yeah work has been keeping me busy um but i've also been trying to stream a little bit more um if you've been tuning into streams you probably will have seen that i've been playing ace attorney um which has been a ton of fun um i've been doing silly little voices and um i actually had a friend join me um rebecca and her handle is at general asian i'll put all that information in the episode description so you can check her out as well she's actually like she's like an actual actor um so i uh, you know that's it's really fun to do that with her and sort of like lose track of the voices that we use um it's gonna be really fun because like we haven't streamed in three weeks so we'll see how um if if we remember the voices uh because we're still on like the same chapter so yeah that's sort of what's been up with me um we'll hop into pop culture updates and then we'll get to the main content so um roundup of the major games from august um so this month in i guess if you've been living under a rock Baldur's Gate came out on August 3rd for PC. Um, I think it's coming out later for PS5 as well. Um, but this is a game that's very much just like D&D from what I understand. Um, I don't really have a ton of interest in D&D. So like I, the only part that really captures me is kind of like the, um, like, I think the battle mechanics looks very much like a tactical RPG game, and I do love me a tactics RPG game. So um, that is out for PC only currently. Um, I know that people have been having a ton of fun with Baldur's Gate, um, so that is that is out in case you have not picked it up yet. Um, there's also uh, another port that's coming on onto Xbox on August 10th. Um, that is Stray, uh, that's the adventure game where you play a stray cat. Um, I honestly don't know too much further than that. Like, that seems like the perfect amount to know about Stray. 
Um, so it's already out on other platforms, but it's coming to Xbox on August 10th. Um, and then there's also uh, Sea of Stars, which is coming out for PS4 and 5, Xbox and PC on August 29th. Um, I actually... <laughs> so I, like... You know what? Actually, I think I'd seen an indie showcase for Sea of Stars, but then I sort of lost track of it until I was talking to this guy on Grinder about video games because, like, I have in my profile like that I like playing video games, um, and he was like, "Oh, what are your what games are you playing right now?" And I said, "Like, oh, you know, I'm playing Overwatch and Valorant with friends, and right now I'm trying to also finish up Live Alive um, on my own." And then he was like, "Oh yeah, my top favorite game is Chrono Trigger, which." Um, if you've been keeping up with my streams for a while, like, you'll actually know that I streamed Chrono Trigger, like, way, like, not super back in the day, but, like, I have streamed it before. Um, it's still in my Steam library. I still need to finish it. Um, but basically, I think he said it's from, like, the same people who did Chrono Trigger. It's sort of, like, a spiritual successor. So, like, I'm really interested in in, in looking at that and, and picking it up just because I am liking Chrono Trigger from what I remember. So um, that is Sea of Stars coming to um, PS4 and 5, Xbox and PC on August 29th. Um, so since we were a little bit lighter on video games slash like, you know, normally I do my top three um, and I was really only feeling, really feeling like one of them. Um, I guess luckily August is a little bit more beefy in terms of like the media releases for like movies and TV shows and stuff. So the first one, um, not really like person of color, like highlight, but um, just something new it was like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem was is in theaters August 2nd. Um, there's Meg 2 The Trench in theaters August 4th. I only, I only mentioned... Okay, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mentioned because, like, the animation kind of looks fun. It looks like they're kind of trying to do the same thing as, like, Into the Spider-Verse for, like, the animation style, but, like, it's a little different. Um, Meg 2, um, I don't think this is a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. However, I do love really shitty horror movies. I'm, like, I guess not really horror, but, like, shitty action movies. Like, I'm pretty sure the Meg is, like, on the same level as, like, mega shark versus giant octopus which is like truly one of the shittiest like disaster movies that i've ever seen but it is so funny um so i just figured like yeah sure why not so those are like two throwaways um the main ones that i wanted to highlight actually there are four of them so um and i think all of these uh except for the tv show are delayed because of the um, actors and writers strike which um sidebar Support the writers and actors. Obviously, nothing happens in Hollywood without them. Um, if you're wondering, um, and if you're thinking like, oh, well, we're seeing a lot of like recycled stuff and just like not new stuff coming through in terms of like movies and TV shows, you know who's to blame for that? Executives. Um, I think I had a little spiel about this a couple episodes ago, but basically like for these really big production companies, all of these decisions have to go through executives and like, these people have majors in like business they're like mbas like phds like in some other like basically non-creative fields um it's really weird that these people get to like make creative decisions when they like um don't know how to either like either don't know the software that like the animators use like i know there's a complaint on spider-verse that like this executive like kept waffling back and forth and then like all of their feedback like showed distinct like lack of experience with the animation platform. So um, 
yeah, like there's, it's weird and crazy that these people are in power, but you know, that's currently how it is. I really hope that like we can find a way to make it be different because, um, obviously these people don't know jack shit. And so they keep greenlighting shit like, um, the emoji movie. Um, and you know, for example, the other like sort of result of the Barbie movie is that we're getting a Polly Pocket movie d- directed by Lena Dunham. Um, that's not the point of the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie did well not because it was a movie about toys. We'll get into that in a different episode. But, like, basically basically all the shitty stuff that you're seeing coming out of Hollywood and also, like, you know, with things leaving streaming platforms, that is 100% because these execs are trying to write things, write things off as tax breaks to, like, make these media companies more and more profitable, um, which... From a capitalistic standpoint, yes, that is what the system is trying to do. From a like entertainment standpoint, obviously that means that all of the stuff that's come out in like the past five years has been shit. Um, so don't blame the writers, don't blame the actors. They, like people are actively trying to pitch new stuff. Um, so the one example that I can think of off the top of my head is like Craig McCracken, who's the guy who created Powerpuff Girls and like a lot of stuff on Cartoon Network. Like he pitched several original series to Cartoon Network um, and other studios, but they all shot him down. And that's like his his new original stuff down, which is why like you, you continue to see like remakes of the Powerpuff Girls because like that's all the studios are allowing him to do. So anyways, um all that aside, that's to say, support the writers, support the actors. Um, me executives are shit. Um, so yes, the those strikes have delayed these um, movies, but be on the lookout for them whenever they come out. The first one is called Shortcomings, um, and this is directed by Randall Park. Uh, and this, the sort of synopsis is basically three young Asian American uh, people from the Bay Area um, traverse the country in search of the ideal romantic connection um, starring Justin H. Min, um, Sherry Cola, who is also in Joyride, um, and Ali Maki. Um, Ali Maki was in Geography Club, if I remember correctly. Um, and I think I've seen her. Oh, and then she was the voice of... Um, one of the toys in Toy Story 4, I really don't remember what it was, but um, yeah, so that's Shortcomings by Randall Park. Um, the other movie that's to look out for um, is called Problemista, um, and it's about a young toy designer from El Salvador trying to make it in New York City. Um, the character, the main character is played by Julio Torres, um, and the other actor playing opposite him is Tola Swinton, like we don't, we don't care about her. Um, the next movie is called Medusa Deluxe, and it's a murder mystery actually set at a competitive hairdressing contest. Um, so this is starring Claire Perkins, Anita Joy Uwaje, Kayla Michael, and Kay Alexander. Um, and it looks like the, the hairdressing contest is specifically around like black women's hair. Um, so that seems really cool. Um, which reminds me of another like horror movie that was like had hair elements i don't remember the name of it but like it was um it was horror not murder mystery so uh that's medusa deluxe um the last one to look out for uh this is actually a tv show it's called love in taipei um and this is this was out on paramount plus on august 10th um it's basically this one girl goes abroad to, to taiwan for i think a summer 
um, or maybe a year or something for like study abroad or something like that. Um, and basically it's like following her life in, it's not a real person, but you know, a fictional character, um, going abroad to live in Taiwan for a year. Um, this is starring Ross Butler, Ashley Liao, Nico Hiraga and Chelsea Jung. Um, and yeah, it's just like, uh, just a romance, uh, TV show. So that's all for pop culture for August. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the main content. All right, and we are back from the break. So today's episode, we'll be talking about Venba, which I think I might have mentioned previously in an episode um, during one of the like pop culture sections. Um, Venba was announced, I think, sometime last year in a Nintendo Indie Showcase. Um, and the way that I had understood it was like, oh, this is kind of like Cooking Mama, but... Um, specifically focus on an Indian Indian story, um, Indian-Canadian story specifically. Um, and that was a sort of premise, and it looked really cute, really fun. Um, and so I was super excited to pick it up. So it came out in July, so last month, and I managed to pick it up. Uh, it's very cheap on Steam. I think it's like $15 or something like that. Um, but it is just like the most charming game Um and yeah, it's a just a short cooking sim game, um, and I do mean it when I say short. Um, I think the game overall took me like an hour, um, but there was a lot packed into that hour, um, both with like the cooking activities, and it's like sort of cooking sim, but also puzzle game, um, along with a rich narrative story. So um, it's not like it's not worth it. I would say like if you're expecting a longer game, um, maybe don't pick this up or like maybe wait for a steam sale um i also know that like since it's under an hour like you can if you really really don't want to pay that much money for such a short game you could buy it play it and then return it um i personally didn't do that just because i want the creators to actually get money because it was a really charming game and maybe um they'll be able to make games like that in the future and have them be longer but that's just me um, but yeah, I figured we'd just like chat about Venba today and just like what, you know, all basically just a, a review of Venba. So, um, like I said before, many times it's a cooking sim. If you're expecting something like Cooking Mama, it is not very similar to that. Actually, it's sort of a cooking sim puzzle game. You are presented with a recipe book, but certain parts of the recipes are faded. Um, and you have to sort of put together what you need to do. Um, other parts of the recipes um, later in the game, you actually have to like sort of um, work with like kind of vague association. Um, and it's that part's really cool. Um, there's like kind of mild spoilers there, but we will get into that in a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. And then if you're like wondering about are there spoilers in this episode for the for the game? There are. Um, if you do not want spoilers for Venba, um play the game first and then come back um but i do i do highly recommend it whatever route you want to do if you want to play it and return it and save the money or if you want to play it keep it and support the devs um you know i no judgment for me i don't care i can't control what you guys do um but yeah play it first i i highly recommend it it's really fun it's very cute um but so yeah the uh in terms of the good things about this game there are a lot um 
there so the story itself is very very well done um i do kind of wish that the story was longer and we got like more chapters um because basically this is uh tracking like the titular character of venba as she and her husband are navigating life in canada and they have a kid whose name is coven um and uh he is like a story of him like growing up and then like trying to reconnect with his culture through food um and I just, like I said, I wish it was longer. Um, there are, like, there are really only, like, two snippets from Kevin growing up. Um, and uh, you don't get to see too much of it. Like, I think it's enough to tell the story that they wanted to tell, which is fine. Um, and I also think that, like, I, or, I mean, I guess I just wish, right, that it was longer, because, like, this game is so charming, the music was really good, the, the cooking itself was really fun, um, and, of course, the other good thing about it is, oh, my God, it's, like, the food looks amazing, and, like, I just got so hungry, um, if you played the demo, you know that, like, you start off by cooking some idlis, um, and you get to cook other stuff, like, the, the thing that I was most maybe not most excited about, but, like, the one that, like, really got me thinking about it was, um, in one of the chapters, you actually cook biryani, um, which is a really, really delicious, uh, rice dish, um, mixed with, like, vegetables and meat, um, of course, you can get a vegetarian version if that's more your speed, and you're looking for <laughs> Indian food suggestions, um, but, yeah, like, I, I, cooked that in the game and then i was like oh man i want biryani so i ordered some from my uh local indian restaurant um but yeah it's like it's a really good the game is a very very good like intro to tamil culture and cuisine um or i guess mo mostly cuisine not as much culture um just because it's pretty sparse i do think like you know, the story could have gone a little bit deeper into each of the characters, like, explored more backstory and, like, you know, been <clears throat> even more fleshed out. But, like, the as I said before, <clears throat> the game itself is, like, already good as it is. And so, like, all these things that I sort of, like, want from it would make it, like, that much better. So, um, it's also very bright. They have custom music in there from, or not custom, but like they, they commissioned music from some demo artists. So like, I know a lot of, uh, folks that I've, or I, I followed the official Venba account on Twitter. Um, and they've been talking about like, or, and sharing reviews from other gamers, um, especially like Indian gamers. And I think specifically like Tamil gamers, they're just like, oh, like this is, it really hit home for me in terms of like the sound design and the music and everything. So like, that was really, really, really good. Um, so yeah, like that's the cooking overall is really fun. And then of course the cultural aspect is just really, really great. Um, I also think that, um, the other, the next part, like, great part of this game is the storytelling itself like um there's a lot of like non-verbal stuff that they put in as well as just like sort of like ui stuff that is really interesting that if you're not like really paying attention to it you might miss so um one part is like um venba uh, is the mom and she's talking to a young coven and he, she's saying like speak in tamil and like whenever she says when, when they're speaking in tamil they're like 
I think the font is different, or it's not the font, but the color of the words in the the text bubbles or the speech bubbles is different than when they're speaking it, when Kevin is speaking in English. And whenever Kevin is speaking in English and actually like um, is using either words that Vemba and um, Pavlan, the the dad, um, they don't understand, or like he's speaking too fast for them. It's really interesting. To, like, just pay attention to like the speech bubbles. Um, you know, if you've played it already, just like think back to it. But like the speech bubbles actually get like a little um, like faded, and like it's hard, a little bit hard to read. Of course, if you English is your first language, it's very easy to read it and like sort of put together what's going on. But it's a really interesting touch to sort of illustrate like. Venba doesn't fully understand what Kavini is saying and then that of course like when when he says something like that sometimes it's like when he's on the phone translating for his mom or um like when when they're in an argument and like he's upset and like he starts like speaking really fast and like using words that Venba doesn't necessarily understand or whatever um that happens and then like immediately afterwards she's like speak Tamil um so um yeah it was like a really really cool like sort of touch on that because I think one interesting part of storytelling that I've seen when like looking at and reading written you know when actually reading stories especially from um, other cultures or even like you know stories featuring Asian Americans like you know your uh, Chinese immigrant parents and like they're speaking Chinese to the main character or like they're speaking Japanese to the main character you know what have you um, sometimes these there are a couple ways of doing this right there is like the aspect or the one approach is like you don't translate it and so you like stay true to like how it sounds right so like maybe you have your main character speaking in in english and so the written written story is in english but then like when the parents are speaking to you in another or speaking to the main character in another language then like that language is there so i think like it's a little bit easier to do with like languages that use the english alphabet um so like i've seen this for like spanish or like you know yeah like both uh characters um who speak spanish where like they'll just have the spanish there and they don't translate it um and so the sort of implication is like if you know spanish then you can put together what it means but it's sort of like implied that the main character understands the Spanish. Um, And then it's sort of like up to the audience to either like know Spanish already uh, and translate for themselves, Um, translate it like extra, like, you know, know, spend more effort translating it or just like glossing over it altogether. Um, And I will say like this approach like does sort of lend itself to, depending on who is reading the book, or reading the story, they might just fully gloss over it and be like, I don't know what that means. I don't like want to spend any extra time or effort into finding out what this means. So like, whatever. And so like, I've seen this approach sort of coupled with like, you know, you add in italics, like the translation. So it's like, that's not what the character's saying, but like, that's how the character, the character who's hearing the dialogue, like, you know, understands it and everything. Um, so that's one approach, and like I said, Venba took completely the opposite approach, where, um, you know, the the written dialogue is in English, but at least with a video game, you can actually sort of make a make a distinction that it's actually in a different language, um, to sort of illustrate the fact that like everyone who's speaking understands what's going on, 
but it is actually in a different language. Um, and I tend to like this approach a little bit more just because like, I feel like it builds a better narrative for the character, um, for the stories, just because like, it keeps everything very cohesive. It's like, um, not that I'm trying to say like, you know, don't expect your reader to do any work, but like, it does sort of catch those lazy readers who like, aren't willing to translate everything. Right. Um, and then, especially if you're speaking for or if, if the story like sort of environment includes an immigrant parent who's obviously fluent in another language and like a child their child who is maybe not fluent then you get some of those peppering uh, like you get a peppering of like either the um the dialogue doesn't make sense because the, the child doesn't understand the language fully or you get like you know, maybe you'll get, like, the English sentence, but then, like, you throw in, like, a foreign word in there from from that language that they're speaking to, like, really illustrate, like, oh, you don't actually understand what's going on. But um, either way, sorry, that's, like, a completely different, maybe not completely different, but, like, an interesting topic maybe for, like, a completely, a complete standalone episode, actually, like, um, how to best, like, tell a bilingual story. Um but like I said, I think Venba does a really good job of it, is showing very clearly like, okay, if you speak English, then you like can kind of tell when they're speaking Tamil and like when Venba doesn't actually understand what's going on. Um, there's also a part later in the game where Kevin has actually grown up and is trying to cook something for himself, but he's using um, his grandma's cookbook, which... Um, basically the whole point of this right the, the the cookbook that you're working from when you're playing as venba um the cookbook is from her mother um so like obviously since she can fluently read Tamil, like she has no problem so it, at least when you're doing the first playthrough or not first playthrough but like the first part of the game when you're playing as venba everything is written in english and you can understand it however when you're playing from coven's point of view it's actually all written in Tamil, and you know of course if you can read Tamil, it's probably fine. Um, I, I don't know because I can't read Tamil. And so, you know, I was really experiencing it more through the lens of Kevin himself, where he was like, I, I can recognize some words. And so, like, he'll translate for you. Um, but the whole cookbook is in Tamil. And so, like, I couldn't read clearly for the act. Or, you know, I couldn't read it, period. So I just had to rely on his translations. And so it's really cool to, like, get these little pieces of, like, he would read it and then like talk and like say like oh you know roast the grains um and for this particular part right it was like oh you know making this thing like roast the grains and there's nothing there are no grains per se right there's no rice there's no like um couscous or you know whatever rice i think is really the more apt one for indian cuisine but like couscous is just an example right there's no there's no grains period and then you'd really have to figure out okay what does this actually mean because like kevin has this understanding that he's conveying to you as the player but it's up to you to figure out like the missing pieces um so like language and the language and like understanding of language actually like i'm really really um like digging how the developers did it it's really cool to see just like especially from someone who's not part of the culture right it's like oh like i'm just thinking about how this would work if you know let's say the main character was chinese or japanese i think chinese i think would be a little bit better because like i could i can read more chinese um but like 
this is a really, really cool way of sort of communicating the story that they want to of like connecting to your culture through cuisine, especially like um, in Coven's perspective, he's reconnecting with his culture after like basically, you know, having a connection as a kid. But like also since he's in Canada, they're especially like, you know, immigrant children really do sort of face that assimilation pressure and so it really is uh during like his childhood you get to see a lot of how Gavini is like sort of trying to throw off all of the Tamil culture and, and like cuisine and everything he has the usual stinky lunchbox story that is like so stereotypical to every immigrant ever um or like every person of color um but yeah like I I just think that this game does like such a wonderful job of like sort of making that story and experience of like being in two cultures accessible um and like it it really is that that is the reality for like being an immigrant in an, in a majority white country um like and i think the, the game captures that very well especially i think it's very unique in that um most of the like stories that i've seen that are sort of addressing like this generational trauma right we've got turning red we've got encanto we've got um everything everywhere all at once we've got uh polite society you know just pulling back on like uh, pulling on all the things that like <laughs> i've done podcast episodes on right and like movies that i've seen um joyride um past lives kind of um like you really only have perspective and you're focusing on the perspective of like one character right so it's like most of the time most of the time it's it's always focusing on the child and like trying to heal the connection to their parents and to their culture um with everything everywhere of course that one turned everything on its head and you're going from the perspective of the mom trying to reconnect or trying to connect with her daughter um and and trying to heal that trauma um but Venba, I think, was really, really interesting where you actually got to play from both perspectives, as I sort of mentioned earlier. You get to play from the perspective of Venba, and then when Govin is a child, you get to play one scene from his perspective, um, just to sort of, like, learn a little bit more about the character of Venba. Um, and then, of course, as the game progresses, you actually switch to playing only from Govin's point of view. Um, and I think it was a really, really cool, just, like story and game design choice to be able to actually do that and really just see and understand the story from both points of view um you know for me as i'm continuing to get older um i understand my parents a lot more um and it so this was a really cool just perspective for me to just sort of get like that oh yeah this like feels very true to like me growing up um to an extent just because like i don't think i was anxious to uh, like throw off my own cultural identity i think actually like um i i remember having this like moment in second grade where like some kid like asked me on the playground like can you speak chinese or japanese or korean or whatever and like that was i guess the earliest sort of reckoning for me is like i am asian and like i'm different from white people um but also like i think that also help to like strengthen my own cultural identity so like i have never really felt like i've wanted to be less chinese or japanese um so but like it's still it was it was still rang true for like you know this is 
what some kids go through when they're growing up in a majority white country. They want to get rid of all cultural like ties because like to the white kids, it's weird. Um, like, you know, like I said earlier, stereotypical smelly lunchbox story, like that is something that happens to everybody. And hopefully I think it's happening less and less as we can become more multicultural and like more respectful of everybody. But like you're, I think if you if you're a person of color, you're always going to have a smelly lunchbox story, like regardless of like what culture you are. Um, so yeah, I, I just really liked the storytelling. There's a lot there. It's very rich, even though, like I said, it's only an hour game. They pack a lot in there. So, um, and then also, you know, the other two pieces of things that I really liked from this game, um, the graphics were really fun. Um, it's not. Um, trying to think about like the art style it was it's very cute and very fun um and very bright and colorful um really really liked that um it's not supposed to be like you know motion capturing or or anything it's very much like a sort of picture book graphics um and and of course like i said earlier the music is really great very good audio design um one thing that i noted from some folks on twitter um specifically like indian american or indian gamers who are playing this game they're like the bangles the sound of the bangles like really got me and like really immersed me in this um so like kudos to the sound team so like i i don't know i just like even though this game wasn't fully for me, right, I, re- I still resonated with it a lot. And I still, as you can tell, like, I'm very emphatic about all of this. And I think I'm actually surprising myself with how emphatic I am about this. Because, like, like I said, the game was short. I played this game, I think, when it came out. Um, I think it came out July 31st. So, like, end of July. I, it's been, like, over two weeks. But, like, I'm still thinking about it and, like, pulling stuff out um to like think about and like really appreciate and resonate with for the story so like there's a lot that's going on in this hour-long game very much very worth it very cute highly recommend playing it um like i said um now moving into sort of stuff that i wish we had um i do wish the game was longer the i do i do wish that we were able to like cook more food and like sort of get more of the recipes um there is one part in the game where you're cooking like a um a coming home feast for coven um when he's in college um and you just sort of go through and like there's no description of what you're doing you just do it um and i that part for me was actually i would say the weakest not the weakest scene story-wise but the weakest in terms of gameplay because like i sort of wanted to do and i mean i know it's because venba is like it's supposed to illustrate that venba does not need the cooking like the recipe to cook this because she knows it by heart um and also i guess like this is just like what i want from a cooking sim right i just like want those instructions and whatever um and of course, the only cooking sim I can really th- that I'm basing all this on is Cooking Mama, and that's a completely different thing altogether. So you know what? Like, take all of this with a grain of salt. But um, yeah, I just like wish we had more of recipes and more cooking, um, and and I kind of wish that we had. And I think I mentioned this earlier. I think I wish that we had more scenes from Kevin growing up because I do think that we get one when he's like in second grade. And then one when he's 18 and right about to go to college, one when he's in college, and then one when he's, like, 
um, in his 20s or maybe 30s and like is working, um, working at a job. Uh, so I, I just sort of like wish that we had more of like him growing up and like maybe like a scene where like, um, you know, he, he hasn't gone to school yet. And so as, as a result, he's still very much in like rooted in demo culture and so we get like that scene and then we start to see like the breakaway as he grows older um and like you know maybe we get get more like sort of narrative pull of like for example the second grade scene he is certainly like still like oh i want pizza and like the thing that you make for him there is with the bum um which is not exactly pizza, but, like, Venbo's just, like, this is kind of like pizza, but without the red sauce and whatever, so, um, like, I, I just wish that, like, we had more, and I think, I don't fault the developers for this at all, like, I think they're a very small studio, um, and so probably very limited budget and whatever, um, but, like, yeah, I just kind of wish that we see, we saw more, like, maybe, like, a scene where, like, between second grade and graduating from high school, where it's just, like, um Gavin like sort of embraces his culture and like you know that sort of like push pull and like the sort of inconsistent arc of like oh I like my culture oh I don't like my culture I like it I don't like it and like that sort of push pull relationship that happens for some people um and I mean like granted this one this arc that he had which was the like I don't really like demo culture um I want to be like the others like until like he's fully grown like that is an arc that some people have and that is completely valid and i was just i i wish you know i think i'm just trying to think about ways to make the game longer right so um yeah i, I just wish we had more there i say th- i really still I, I mean i already like the characters but i also think that adding more would be able to like flesh out the characters even more like maybe we get um like a flashback to like Venba and her mom and like maybe like Pavlan and Venba in India and like just more like rich story building to like fully flesh out these characters even though they're already like well designed so that's sort of like what I wish that we had more of but like yeah overall I just I just really liked this game a lot it was very cute very simple um the I did mention it before that it is cooking sim puzzle game. It didn't end up being a puzzle for me because like I've cooked before, and then also like some of these things were like given the recipe book. It's like okay, you can you can really put together exactly what you're supposed to do and like first try everything. Um, I think the only part where it was like maybe I didn't get it right the first time was when you're cooking from Kevin's point of view and you have to decipher all the demo um, and. Uh, put together well he's telling you what to do and his understanding and knowledge of in time of literacy is not you know fully fluent so um that part was, was kind of a puzzle but like i do like i didn't end up like making too many mistakes and also it's like very very low stakes you don't get penalized for making mistakes like um and like i i do like that i kind of do wish that we had more cooking puzzle sims but like i don't know how to actually make that happen um but it was a really nice touch so um overall if you're looking for a final verdict from me on whether or not you should play this game i think you should play this game it is very fun it's very cute it's very short very cheap but um the narrative punch that it packs is well worth it um, you'll get hungry, 
Um, and after you play it, if you're hungry, get some Indian food. Um, you know, maybe even try one of the recipes that they cook in the game. So um, that's all on Venba. I'm going to take another quick break and then we'll be back with What's Your Nonsense. All right. And we are back from the break. Um, and we're back with the end of the show, which means it's time for What's Your Nonsense. Uh, this is where um, I get to talk about something that it seems like I'm into that something that I'm into that nobody else seems to be into um, or something that makes me happy. Uh, and let me tell you, I've been thinking about this one for a long time. And the answer that I have for you right now is playing Live Alive. Um, this game came out originally in Japan and like didn't make it out over to the U.S., but um, eventually Square Enix did a remake of it and it came out, I think, last year. Um, and I think I streamed it a little bit when it first came out. Um, and then I fully dropped the game because I just have too many other games that I'm playing and uh, I'm so bad at focusing and finishing on finishing games unless it's The Legend of Zelda. So um, I have been I've been playing through more and more chapters. I think the final chapter that I ended up doing was present day where it plays kind of like a fighting game. Um, but overall, like live alive has been such a really interesting game because you've got seven distinct stories and each of them plays very uniquely um i think my favorite one this thus far or like overall is um the modern day one where you are um you're fighting and you're trying to become the the world's greatest fighter and to do that you have to it, like you you fight against other characters who um like you basically like mimic their skills and you learn their skills by having them hit you with those skills. Um, so that was a really, really like, I think actually that was probably the most fun chapter for me. Um, there's also a stealth chapter. There's a sort of like um, thriller chapter, like thriller slash like survival horror chapter, um, murder mystery. Uh, there's a cowboy chapter. Um, like, it, I don't know, like, the game overall is really, really cool. Um, the combat mechanics and everything are also very unique. I don't think I've seen a game do something like that ever since Live Alive. Um, so, yeah, if you have not tried that game yet, give it a try, give it a shot, pick it up. Um, I think it might be digital only, because um, the Switch has such short lifetimes with, like, if you want to pick something up physical, you, like, have to get it within, like, the first month or whatever. Or you have to pick up a popular game. Like, I think Breath of the Wild still has physical copies. But, like, I'm trying to think about... Like, Octopath Traveler was was popular. I mean, I think it is popular. Um, granted, not as popular as, like, Legend of Zelda. But, like, I don't think you can find a physical of Octopath Traveler anymore. Um, so, if you want a physical with, for, of Live Alive, uh, good luck. I don't actually know if there are any. But highly recommend picking up that game. If, especially if you're looking for, like... Um, the chapters themselves aren't necessarily too short. I think some of them you can finish in a single sitting. Um, others you might want to play, you know, it's, it's, I think overall the game itself is short, but like, you're not going to log as many hours as like Tears of the Kingdom or something, or even Animal Crossing. Like those are two big heavy hitters that I can think of, or even like Legends Arceus or whatever. Um, but it's also not as short as Venba, um, sort of like a mid length game, um, but yeah, highly recommend playing that. So that's Live Alive um, by Square Enix. 
I think it's out on all platforms, but um, I played it on the Switch, and it has been very fun. Um, I am on the final chapter. Um, I have not yet beaten the game, so um, that is my nonsense. Um, so if you got this far, thank you so much for listening. This podcast is completely independent. I do this all in my free time or lack thereof. Um, so I, to sort of defray costs and everything, I run a Patreon um, and that is the best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. So I have a couple support tiers. Tier one gets you a shout out on the pod. Tier two um, gets you access to bonus episodes. I keep saying I'm going to do bonus episodes. I promise I will do bonus episodes at some point. Um, I have one bonus episode up there right now, but um, you get access to that bonus feed. Um, and then tier three will get you the ability to propose topic ideas. Um, and previous proposals have included boys love as well as the world of avatar the last airbender um so yeah that's the patreon if you want more of me you can find me on instagram twitch and twitter at kato not kato that is k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o um i have been trying to stream more on twitch recently um i've been playing ace attorney and um doing funny little voices with uh, my friend Rebecca, um, and that has been really fun. So catch, and if you want to catch that, that's on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern um, on Twitch, twitch.com, or sorry, not twitch.com, twitch.tv slash Kato Kato. So overall, you can find me anywhere, Kato Not Kato. Um, I'm on Blue Sky, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, wherever. Um, and that's about it. Thank you all so much for... Um, tagging along for another episode and hope to see you in the next one. Bye.